Hello and welcome again to Chino y Chicano. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. Well, this is an episode where we're going to vent about things happening in our world that we find outrageous, and I think really that we find stupid. They're the type of little things that make us say, This shit ain't right. Well, so Matt, at the top of that list are three large local hospital systems reported to have offered big-time donors and others with connections special access to receiving COVID-19 vaccinations. I This really pisses me off, partly because I haven't been able to uh, be able to get a uh, COVID vaccine shot. I mean, like a lot of people who are frustrated, uh, I've been you know doing the whack-a-mole thing, trying to uh, get an appointment. But but this thing, it, it really irritates me because it really again speaks to white privilege, people who have money and big money talks, and giving them access just because they have money, and most likely most of them are white, and yet communities of color are struggling to try to get the vaccine. And then there's the struggle of try, just trying to get people in communities of color to trust the taking the vaccine. And then you have this. Yeah. Come on. Well, you know, I, but you could have predicted this would happen, right? I mean, you knew this was going to happen at some point because our experience, I mean, I, I think there are white people that are astonished that this is happening. But for people of color, yeah, okay, I get that it's happening. But it doesn't make it right. And- it just shows you that there is a systemic problem with equality in the healthcare system. Really good article that was written by uh, Glenn Nelson, an opinion piece in the uh, South Seattle Emerald, in which I think he points these things out. Uh, just the fact that we know that we have these disparities throughout our 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 government and our healthcare system education elsewhere but this only just brings it home that much more now maybe these organizations are going to step back and i think they've already released statements saying our bad you know we shouldn't have done this but you know just the fact that they did this especially in this time when you're trying to get people to get vaccinated and, and there's enough people that are taking this uh, position against the vaccine, which is stupid, I think. Well, like in Los Angeles, right? right? Uh, yeah. A group, predominantly white people, were protesting and shut down a, vaccine, a mass vaccination at Dodger Stadium. Right. And, and okay, this is crazy. It's like, you don't have to take the vaccine, but there's plenty of people that do. Why are you stopping them? What gives you the right? to dictate what someone else is going to do with their body. But of course, that same group can deny women their contraceptive rights and be against abortion because women obviously don't have a right to control their own body, but these jackasses do. Well, I think those guys, those jackasses, just need to get the hell out of there, get way back in the back of the line and just shut your mouth. Right now, we have such a huge problem. That's why we're, you know... We are kind of in jail right now because of the fact that we have people that are unwilling to do what's necessary to wear a mask properly. By the way, you you wear it over your nose, you donkeys. And, and <laughs> you know, football coaches are the worst, I think. But really, I mean, cover cover the face, cover your nose, put, put two of well, them together. And it's the same people that refuse to wear masks that complain then that we're locked down. But they don't get that the reason we're locked down is because they're so stupid they won't wear masks. (laughs) I mean, what has happened to our education system? 
you know, that's one part, right? That's just book learning. But what happened to common sense and reason? That's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. What happened to I common mean, sense? Yes. I mean, to, these days I'm thinking white privilege is a form of mental retardation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, really, let's get into it. Why are, are white people protesting? Look, Black Lives Matter was real, right? I mean, it's systemic racism that results in the death of black people disproportionately to the rest of the population. That is a real life and death thing. Insurrection over stuff that is made up, that isn't even that real. That isn't real. That's fake, fake news. Yeah. That is really fake news. Vaccines that is, a, that is, is, is they're saying is fake. That's fake. The stuff they're protesting isn't even real. Yeah, I mean, look at the QAnon people and uh, this woman out of Georgia that's a congresswoman, uh, uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor. And um, I mean, come on. She's she's confronting uh, a, a person that had been involved in the Parkland shooting and questioning as to whether that really happening and, and, and chewing them out over her Second Amendment right, which is just just stupid. By the way, her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And well, she's, she's the same one that, that says a Jewish cabal right. is operating a laser satellite that started the California wildfires. I, somebody needs to look closely to see whether she's got some something coming out of her head or something, you know, like an antenna. Well, I, what I is, what is there? Privilege is a form right. of mental retardation. And yet the Republican Party is they still haven't done anything to to uh, act against her or to take actions against her for what she's saying, which is obviously wrong. She even has threatened, you know, the leadership of the Democratic Party and others. Um, come on, people. You really want this to be your representation of the Republican Party? Of course, the Republican Party right now is is going through this internal war, their own civil war of those that are the really the fake news Donald Trump believers versus those uh, Republicans who are like, uh, you know, we actually had some great Republicans in this state. Dan Evans who's now 95 years old. I recently talked to him and, and, you know, Dan Evans was a three-term governor in this state. Slade Gorton, whether you liked him or not, the fact is, is that he respected the Senate. He respected government and they were great public servants. Now those guys they would never fit in today's Republican Party. Oh, no, no. I mean, they, they're basically Democrats. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, conservative, very conservative Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they're and the, and party. this latest ploy, right? You know, uh, so the Biden administration, for the good of the country, wants to push a $1.9 trillion package to, to, for, because of COVID relief. Right. Um, and then the Republicans say, oh, we want a bipartisan uh, program. So they come in with a $600 billion which is just you know, less than half. I mean, it's it's nothing really compared to what the, what the problem we face. And so what they're basically saying is, we'll do bipartisan if you do it our way. Right. We won the election. We need to move fast and hard to get the American people what they need. They've got to find some middle ground on this because, you know, they need a bigger package. People... Even the, the initial thing that we've got with the money, the $600 this last time around, come on, that's really not going to help people. Uh, they, 
we need more money into that package. Obviously, we need other things beyond that. We need to be able to move forward on what's necessary to get the vaccines out there. It was clear that the Trump administration didn't do anything really to get the vaccines out to the people. Uh, they had no plan. They had no program. No. And yet the guy is still, Trump, uh, is leading this party. For what reason, I'm not quite sure. And I, I, what I really don't get are those people that are his followers. What, what is the mentality there? Again, well, it goes back to those people. Right. And, you know, what I found fascinating, it was reported, I, I read in a story over the weekend, was the fact that uh, a number of those people that were part of the mob that hit the uh, U.S. Capitol didn't even vote. Some of the people that they arrested, they found that they didn't even vote. You know, so what what is the mentality? What are why are they doing this and what is prompting them to to do this? And let's face it, the majority of them are white people that uh, there are some people of color, unfortunately, involved in, in this as well. Oh, there's always a couple yeah. of brothers that are crazy, <laughs> yeah, right? That's for sure. I mean, look at the one leader of the Proud Boys that, you know, they found was an informant. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I have to tell you that I am I'm really concerned about the domestic terrorism that, uh, you know, I think that something really bad is going to happen. We saw the type of folk that came out at the Capitol so I'm very concerned as to there could be a major incident in this country, you know, involving our own people. And well, just the Timothy McVeigh. Right. There you go. There you go. So I think we have to be on high alert from that. In fact, I, that's something that I think we should follow up on to try to find out, uh, to talk to someone who, who really looks at this to try to understand uh, what's going on there, because uh, I, I think it's a deep concern as to what we have going on. It's always been a deep concern in this country, but, you know, we've fortunately been able to to bury it until Trump came along. I mean, there was a remember the Unabomber. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that terrorized the country. Just one guy up in a cabin with a hoodie on. Well, you know? yeah. And the FBI has already said the FBI director said that the, the what he the number one concern of his is domestic terrorism. It's not, you know, getting hit from Al Qaeda or somebody else right now. It's what's happening on our own soil. And I believe that that is, uh, as we saw in what happened on uh, January 6th and, and that mob and the way they attacked our own people, their own people. We've got a deep concern here. We better well, be very yeah. worried about it. Yeah, I, I have a theory about this and, and it, it involves the pandemic and Facebook. Right. So everybody's locked down. All you can do is, you know, for these guys, all you can do is play with your pipe bombs and guns. Right. <laughs> oh, but but what, yeah, well, that's unfortunately kind of could be true. Yes. And very what, true. what does Facebook do? What does social media do in general? It distills and validates whatever craziness you have. Yeah. So if all the contact you have is through the Internet and through Facebook and through, you know, Parler or any of those other groups, all you do are just reinforcing it over and over and over again to the point you are enraged for no goddamn good reason yeah. other than that's what you're seeing on social media. That's what you're surrounded by. It's sort of like that scene in Clockwork Orange where they propped the guy's eyes open right. and made him right, watch right, right. the desensitizing violent stuff. 
And it only made it worse. It only made it, it worse. You weren't going to you weren't going to help that person at all. But and think unfortunately, about that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. happening to all of us unless you actually reach outside and look at credible news sources, which most people don't because it's it's a narcotic. They get reinforced of their crazy opinions, and it becomes real because you look at the comments, and there's always other jackasses that agree with you. Right. There, there's that. There is really that. And I, you know, people, let's face it, we, we've all gone, got into our bubbles and um, we, we need to really kind of, I think, shut down sometimes to, to walk away from social media, which is, you know, obviously we use that uh, as, as podcasters to try to get the message out about what we're doing. But I think what's important is that there also has to be some common sense on how you use this and, and what you're looking at. And, and also um, just, you know, what, what do we want for this country? Do we want to continue being uh, in this situation where we're, we're not willing to do what's necessary to try to get a hold of this pandemic? We're not doing what's necessary to try to really confront the systemic racism that's in this country. That is real. That is very real, has been there for a long time. This is our opportunity to really um, get a hold of this and to try to do something about it. Um, but it is a really tough time because you have all of these these other forces that uh, are just off the wall. And yeah. so it's deeply concerning to me as to how we're going to be able to try to to kind of curb all this so that well, we can I, get I think some the direction. pandemic has magnified all this stuff because oh, the definitely. very same people yeah. that are out there pulling all this nonsense, storming the Capitol, are the ones who refuse to wear a mask. Right. Any reasonable, educated people stay home. They do what's right for the community. The, it, it's sort of like the zombies have taken over the world. <laughs> you know, we're living in, you know, the living dead. Right. Because these people, they're mindless. They're like zombies. They have no. They don't understand what is really happening. And the rest of us are behind barricades. We're in our houses because we know that there is a real enemy, the pandemic, right? right. But then these other people are out there like zombies running around while they're being ravaged by the disease. Yeah, and I've said that wanna... before. <laughs> Go ahead, I said that go ahead. before. I yeah, said that before true. that this whole movement is like zombies, and that's why we have these zombie shows because it does reflect our reality. And I think we have to also give some sh uh, praise and shout out to the people that are are making every effort to try to turn things around, and the people that are on, on the front lines in healthcare. Uh, people like Dr. Julian Perez, who we recently interviewed, uh, not only. They're helping people in communities of color battle COVID, but also contracted the virus himself and, and was able to go overcome it. Yet he's still doing that work. A uh, woman named Jessica Sparza, ICU nurse that we're going to talk to that uh, puts herself on the line every day. And she's a DACA recipient. And yet she uh, is still uh, doing what's necessary to try to save people's lives. So let's remember there are a lot of people out there that are that are doing what's necessary to, to try to help us get through this whole thing. But, you know, we, we just got to find some common sense on, on what we're doing here now. So, you know, let's uh, wrap things up here, Matt, with uh, we want to tell our, our folks out there uh, about some of the interviews that we have coming up here, because I think it's some pretty good stuff. I mentioned Jessica Sparza, the ICU nurse. She's also a DACA recipient. We're going to be talking to her about what she faces on a daily basis uh, on the front lines of uh, dealing with COVID and, and dealing uh, and helping people that are 
fighting COVID and, and also what she has seen and experienced. I would imagine in her case, there's a certain amount of PTSD that she's had to oh, experience as well. Yeah. I mean, I want to know what it's like in the trenches. Right. You know, because it is horrific. I mean, I, I can't even probably, I can't even imagine what it's like. Right. Uh, and she'll be able to tell us all of that. And I think it's important for people to to hear it, to understand just how serious all of this is. We're also going to be talking to Mayumi Sudakawa. She comes from uh, what I think is the uh, the first family of the arts in the city of Seattle. Her father was George Sudakawa, who was uh, a great artist, sculptor, also created these dynamic fountains. Uh, her siblings are all performing artists. We'll talk about to her with her about uh, growing up in that family and some of the things that she's working on right oh, now. Wow, she's too. working on the book now about Kiba, right, right, which, are, which is, are children that were born in America, but went to live in Japan and then came back after the war. Right. It's important history. Stuff. Yeah, very fascinating. I think that history is very important to, for people to know. And also we're going to be talking to Dr. Ben Danielson, who... Um, was the longtime leader at Odessa Brown Clinic, uh, highly respected. He left there because of racism. Uh, he spoke out about it. Now he's at the University of Washington Medical Center. But we're going to talk to him about what happened, why he decided to leave, and uh, what he's going to be doing now. And also, uh, Colleen Echohawk, she is running for mayor. Uh, one of the, I don't know if she's the first indigenous person that's run for Seattle mayor, but we'll find that out and find out why she would want that job to begin with all right and you know i i really want to talk to dr danielson because you know the whole idea of provider bias is real and right. everyone we've spoken to and it really again speaks to what's going on with the vaccine right and i wish everybody luck out there finding a vaccine hopefully it'll get better hopefully you'll get a vaccine yeah i know um, I... and the other people stop posting your happy pictures about getting a vaccine on Facebook because the struggle is real people. The struggle is real. And because you got one good help other people find vaccinations and don't cut in line. Let's, you know, wait your turn, particularly if you're younger, you know, let's, let's, I know some people have opportunities to do that, but you know, let's get the people that need it the most, particularly those, those people in communities of color that need, need the, to be able to have access, to be able to get the vaccine so they can uh, they can do what they need to do uh, working and being essential workers, many of them are. So let's keep that in mind. We have, we have to get enough troops out there to fight the zombies. All right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on Twitter at Enrique Cerna and at Lofanland for me, Matt Chan. You can also email us at chinoichicano at gmail.com and check out our Chino Ichicano page on Facebook. Our theme music was composed and performed by Antonio Gomez. You can find the Chino Ichicano podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and other favorite podcast platforms. Please take a listen, download, subscribe, and give us a review, a good review, please. If you'd like to watch our conversations or posting them to YouTube, go to search, type in Chino I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. Stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and wear your mask. We'll talk more later. Later.